In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of Lent, and uh, the, today the Gospel is from Luke 15, and it is the parable of the prodigal son. And this parable is unique to the Gospel of Luke, and it's one that we all love because I think we all relate very well to this story, the story of the prodigal son. All of us at some point in our life, we have felt like the prodigal son. All of us have maybe left the father's house, maybe committed a sin, and hopefully we have repented and come back to the father's house. And as I was meditating on this story this week, one idea that kept coming to my mind was the idea that we have a loving father. The idea that we have a loving father. And the father in this parable is unbelievable. He's unbelievable. And today I want to speak about three amazing characteristics about this father. Three amazing characteristics about this father. The first amazing characteristic about this father is that the father is long-sighted. Long-sighted and patient. Long-sighted and patient. And he allows us to make mistakes. When the younger son asked for his portion of the inheritance, the father gave him his portion. And he knew quite well that the son was going to do foolish things with the inheritance. But yet he still, he had a vision longer than the the few short years that the son was going to make mistakes. It actually reminded me of the theme verse for our Sunday school program last year. It was, train a child. It's from the Proverbs. It's from the wisdom of Solomon. It says, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Notice the wisdom of Solomon and the wisdom that's in the Proverbs. It said, train a child in in the way he should go. And it said he would be perfect. It didn't say he would be perfect. Or that this child would uh, be blameless. Or that this child... It said when he is... When he is old. Means the the proverb is long-sighted. It has a vision for 20, 30 years. Long-sighted for... When he is old, he will not depart from the things that we train our children. God the Father is long-sighted and patient. Because he always sees what is best in us. Even when we are at... Our worst. A good example is like St. Paul. St. Paul was on his way to kill Christians. And the Lord appeared to Ananias and said, and Ananias was wondering, why, why Paul? Why, why would you choose someone like this? This guy is coming to murder us and to kill us. And he's, everyone is terrified of him. But the Lord said, this is my Chosen vessel means the Lord has a vision for St. Paul beyond even the time of his his persecuting the church. God the Father is long-sighted and patient because he gives us so many opportunities for repentance. He gives us so many opportunities for repentance. Actually, the word for patience, I'm saying God is long-sighted like and patient. The word long-sighted and, or patient actually comes from a Greek word, which means slow to anger. That's why this word in the scripture is often used uh, long-suffering. That the Lord is long-suffering. Another is patient. The Lord is long-suffering. The idea that the Lord is long-suffering means that 
He has like, you know, in the psalm it says, if you mark iniquities, who shall stand? But actually, we st- he's so long-suffering, so long-suffering. In Luke 13, we see a story about this long-suffering. It's about a parable of a fig tree that has been planted in this vineyard. And for several years, for three years, he comes to find if this fig tree has bore any fruit. And every time, every year, the the vine dresser comes and says, did this fig tree bear fruit? There's no fruit. So he says, okay, one more year. And then he comes back next year. He says, did the fig tree have fruit? No fruit. Then he comes back again. Did the fig tree? And every year, mafish fruit. And then after the third year, they said, let's just cut the tree down. Let's burn it. Who cares? But then the vine said, I'm going to give it one more year. I'm going to till it. I'm going to fertilize it. I'm going to give it. I'm going to nurture it. Very good this last year. And give it another chance to bear fruit. That's long suffering, right? The Lord is so long suffering with us. So patient with us. Always giving us many opportunities for repentance. The key here is though not to take advantage of the Lord's long suffering. Do not take advantage of the Lord, yeah, the Lord so long-suffering and very patient. But do not take advantage, because eventually, guess what would happen? The tree would be cut. If it didn't bear fruit, eventually, it would be cut. And actually, St. Paul, he says, Do you despise the riches of His goodness? I'm talking about the goodness of the Father. St. Paul says, Don't despise the goodness of His riches, forbearance and long-suffering, knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. The second amazing characteristic of the Father is how amazingly, amazingly accepting the Lord is and how amazing the Father accepted His Son. He just accepted Him this way. He just went and spent all the inheritance and He accepted Him. It's amazing how forgiving the Father was. Even the older son tried to remind the father about how bad this son was. And said, look at this son of yours. He spent your livelihood on harlots and all this stuff. And the father said, it's okay. I'll look past. I forgive him. I accept him the way he is. The important thing is not where the prodigal son was. But where he is now, it's not important where the prodigal son was, it's important where the prodigal son is now. To explain this lesson, I'm going to give you a little math lesson, physics, math physics lesson. In math and physics, there's two types of functions. One is called path-dependent function. A path-dependent function it depends on the path you take to get from point A to point B. And the path you take from point A to point B is very significant. That's called a path-dependent function. There is another type of function in math and science called a state function. State function doesn't matter how you got from point A to point B. All that matters is the starting point and the 
ending point. So Masalan, if I wanted to walk to St. Mary's, I could just walk from the parking lot and get there, point A to point B. Or I could walk around the block, go out from Algonquin and come and walk and and come back to the St. Mary's, right? There's a million paths I could take. For a state function, it wouldn't matter. If you take the long route, it doesn't matter. Your bank account is a state function. It doesn't matter how many withdrawals or whatever. It doesn't matter how many transaction. The balance is the balance. You can add $100, you take out 99 It's the same as if you just put in $1. Right? That's a state function. God's acceptance of us is a... State function. Is a state function. Yeah, you're all physicists. Yeah, very good. Is a state function. Is a state function. Because the path by which someone comes to repentance is actually irrelevant. It doesn't matter. This person was living for how long? It doesn't matter. The important things is that he comes to repentance. The important thing is he comes to repentance. And God accepts. God's acceptance is a state function. That's why in the gospel of this morning... Can see a beautiful parable. It was the parable of the workers of the vineyard. And the beautiful concept of the, the parable of the workers. There were some people that worked in the beginning of the day. Then the Lord went out in the middle of the day and hired some more people. One, some at the sixth hour, some at the ninth hour. And then finally he hired some at the eleventh the hour. Then at the end of the day, the Lord paid his wages. And the people who came at the beginning of the day started complaining. Lord, you made us equal with the people who came only at the end. How did you calculate this, Lord? How? It doesn't make sense. The workers in the vineyard didn't realize that the calculation is done by a state function. God's acceptance is by state function. The Lord was happy they are in the the vineyard. It didn't matter. The, the one who came at the 11th hour, what was he doing during the day? He probably went at the kid and walking around the city, idle. He's doing a bunch of things. But the acceptance of the Lord is done by state function. The thief on the cross came to repentance in the last minute of his life. It's called state function. And the Lord's acceptance of us is state function. As long as we offer genuine repentance. The beautiful thing about the state function and about repentance. Repentance is state function. Is it erases history. Path dependent records the the path and the history and all this stuff and everything. But when you repent, it erases the history. It's a new start. That's why people, they say, I often confess about the same sin over and over and over. Actually, every time you confess about it, the history is gone. So every time you confess, it's as if you've committed the sin... For the first time, the first time. 
So if I committed, like, let's say I have a sin of something, I confess about it, done. That was now the past. State function wiped it away. Now you committed again. This is the first time again. It erases history. That's the beautiful thing about the state function. Doesn't matter about the history. Doesn't matter about the path. One of the beautiful Psalms, I think, that summarizes this point. It says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He does not keep on rebuking. He is not angry forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. That's the first point I talked to you about. The Lord is patient, long-suffering. Then the psalm goes on to say, As far as east is from the west, so far has he removed the transgression from us. This is the state function. He removed it. It is gone. The history is gone. Amazing acceptance and forgiveness of sins. The third amazing characteristic of the Father is how kind and generous He is. The Father did not just accept the Son. He promoted Him. And this is because only, the only reason is because the Lord is good, the Lord is kind, and the Lord is gracious. That's it. The father said, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put the ring on his hand, the sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf here and kill it, let us eat and be merry. And they had a party and dancing and music and festivities for this son. The father so generous. And even to the older son, the older son said, you never do that. What was the response of the father to the older son? It's actually full of generosity and kindness. Actually he said, son... You are always with me forever. You are always with me. And all that I have is yours. Amazing father, so kind, so generous. Everything I have is, is yours. The generosity of the father reminded me of the generosity of King David. In one of the beautiful stories of King David, it's recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 9. David was feeling kind in his heart. And he asked one of his servants, Is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? David had in his heart to do something kind. Even though a few chapters earlier, actually David was at war with Saul's family. <laughs> Ishbosheth, Ishbosheth, the son of King Saul, was at war with King David. And they were warring for power. But David still wants to do something kind for Saul's family because of his love for Jonathan. David could have said, forget this family. This family does. And I suffered with this family a lot. I did so much for them. And every time they just keep like attacking me and treating me bad. I'm done with this family. But actually David had kindness in his heart. Amazing kindness in his heart. So, and God is this way. God is with this way with us. So then David called the servant, and the servant replied, There is someone called Mephibosheth. Can you guys say that? Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan. Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan. And he lived in a place called Lodabar, a far away place. 
Lodabar, outside Jerusalem. Lodabar means a place of no pasture. Means no word, no communication. Means that, like, by himself. And David asked that Mephibosheth come back from Lodabar. Many of us might be living in this Lodabar. A place of no pasture, no green, no... It's a place of, like, anxiety, depression. Very sad place. And actually, the prodigal son, where was he? He was in Lodabar. Not, Yanni, we don't know. But Yanni had a place like that. He was in a place called Lodabar. And David invited Mephibosheth out of Lodabar. Said, come out of Lodabar. And my estimation, just from the context, is that Mephibosheth spent 20 years in Lodabar. 20 years from his childhood till his like adulthood in Lodabar. The story of the prodigal son is also now our invitation to come out from Lodabar. To leave this place out. To come to the place full of pasture. To come back to the father's house. Mephibosheth accepted this invitation of David and came before the king. And you know what Mephibosheth said? He said, What is your servant that you should look upon me as a dead dog? As I. It reminded me of what the prodigal son said to the father. said, Father, I've sinned against heaven before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So make me as one of your hired servants. Yeah, Mephibosheth came before David and was feeling like very unworthy to be in the house of David. Then David said something amazing. He said, he shall eat at my table like one of my sons. Mephibosheth was not a son. But he became like a son to David. David adopted him. Mephibosheth... It's a tough word to say. Mephibosheth was handicapped. Actually had lots of infirmities. From his infant he was dropped and handicapped. Should not be part like... Has infirmity. Is not like... mm. But actually David accepted him and said, No, you will still be my son. Mephibosheth was royalty. And he was then he left his royalty and was living in Lodabar, and David returned him back to royalty. The same is true about the prodigal son, and about us. About us. We were royalty, we fall away from royalty by our sins, and we have an invitation by the Father to come back and sit at the table and to be sons. And the Lord said to each one of us today, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Now we all are worthy to come and eat. Not Actually, we are not worthy. That was my point. We are not worthy to eat at the Father's table. No, we are not. But actually, the Father invited us to say... Come, I will clothe you like the king. I will put the, I will put the ring, the sandals. Come and eat. Let us slay the fattened calf. Let us partake 
of the mystery. This is the fatted calf. We've prepared a great feast. Let us celebrate this great feast today. The story of the prodigal son is an invitation to come and to partake in this celebration. I hope each one of us offers fruits of repentance. Remember the three amazing characteristics about our Heavenly Father. That He is long-sighted. His vision is beyond. Long-sighted. He accepts us. He's a state function. Repentance, the state function. And He is kind to us, generous, and He promotes us to be sons. How great is our God. Unbelievable. Glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.